0: This is Saving Grace, living in the light of God's love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of scripture and life application
1: through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's program. You know, everyone experiences loss and grief. But not everyone has a biblical worldview in which to filter their experience through the lens of God's grace. Not everyone has Jesus as their Savior, who offers the comfort and the hope that we need through the seasons of grief. You know, having an eternal perspective on our loss is vital to our healing. Well, today we're going to continue with our series, God's Grace for Our Grief. And our guest will walk us through biblical insights to help us look through God's lens of grace. Our guest is Kristen Pena. She's an adjunct professor for Grace School of Theology, where she teaches general psychology and counseling, as well as Christian counseling and conflict resolution. Kristen is a licensed professional mental health counselor working in a Christian private practice on the Space Coast of Florida. She's married to Dr. Juan Ariel Sanchez, Dean of International Programs, here at Grace School of Theology. She and her husband have been active in the past in music ministry, Spanish ministry, youth and children's ministries, and international missions. And now, as well as their practices, their focus is certainly on their children as they educate and nurture them in the Lord. Well, welcome, Kristen, to Saving Grace. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you today. Thank you for asking.
0: I'm, I'm just so excited to share with you and, and pray and believe that this time together is going to be a blessing to many.
1: Oh, I know that it will be. Well, you know, before we delve into our topic for the day, I am very curious, and I'm sure our listeners will be as well, what was your motivation to become a mental health counselor?
0: That's a great question. So um, I grew up in a ministry family. And through those formative years, I observed a lot. I observed a lot of people going through many, many things and, and you know, seeking God for answers and many people that didn't. Um, but it always made me wonder through those observations, why do people think the way they think? Why do they behave the way they behave. And when I was about 12 years old, I started studying and reading on my own about birth order and personality. It was something that just really intrigued me. Um, And so that's where it began. And then what really, really pushed me into this beautiful, beautiful and challenging career was um, I was in my early 20s alongside my husband. We had a music school and um, we would teach all different ages, but many children. And there was one particular year where there were about 12 of our students that had parents going through divorce Mm. during that same year. And so I would sit with these children and I would teach them music, but I would hear more and I would observe more of the pain and the grief that they were going through with the loss of their family, of the, of that marital relationship, that divorce, and all the turmoil and conflict that came along with it. And that mm-hmm. truly touched my heart in a way that I wanted to know more. I wanted to be equipped to better walk alongside people, children, but all all ages, as they go through these challenges of life.
1: Oh, that's beautiful, beautiful! I'm so glad the Lord led you in that direction. Well, now you provide treatment for individuals and families as they navigate through a vast array of issues like anxiety, depression, stress, etc. And our topic today: loss and grief. Uh, now, Kristen, there are a lot of books out there and counselors out in the world that offer healing, but your approach is based on biblical worldview. Uh, I love that. How does this affect your approach to counseling?
0: Absolutely. Honestly, it affects every aspect. That lens, it it brings such a deeper level. It offers such a deeper opportunity for healing through life's challenges and life's grief and loss. Uh, Colossians 3.23 talks about whatever we do, we give our best effort. We do it unto the Lord and not for men because it is the Lord whom we serve. So from that place of servanthood for His glory, it makes me want to be the very best at what I do. It makes me want to serve Him and challenge and take those that inspiration and to utilize the my God given abilities and skills and training and knowledge and insight in the counseling room as a Christian counselor, guided by the Holy Spirit, which makes all the difference for His yes. glory. Yes. Um, often this perspective, this. Biblical worldview is opposing from secular counseling; it is the opposite. But what a beautiful thing for us as believers to know and understand that we have Creator God, and He's yeah. the God that created science. He created our minds. He created our emotions. He's so vast and you know indescribable and amazing. So why can't we use that and see how those things can be married together? to bring the best treatment, you know? Um, it's It just goes so much deeper and it's a beautiful thing to see how faith and psychology can come together with a biblical foundation to help mm-hmm. so many from so many walks of faith. One of the beautiful things I love about working in this practice is we have people that it is a well-known fact that this is a practice that's a christian practice but we have many people who are not believers that come who are searching they're seeking for answers and they know this is where we stand um i had a a client once that said you know where are you coming up with these things they were so surprised and i was just basically you know laying some basic biblical foundation but they were so surprised and when i was able to share with them that it came from the bible they said, I want to know more. Teach me oh, more. Yes. And so it is such an exciting thing to be able to bring that comfort and support and encouragement. Um, and again, to see how our creator God has given us these these things that we can use to help and, and help people with their emotions and with the mental health side.
1: Of course. And he made us. He knows exactly what we need. So it Absolutely makes sense to go to our Creator when we're trying to find healing. Well, you know, this is our third program in our series on God's grace for our grief. But I would like to get your definition, as I have of the other guests, of loss and grief uh, as we as we delve into our topic today. Your definition.
0: Yes, ma'am. So grief is an intense emotional suffering and it is caused by loss. That's why I like to kind of couple those together, grief and loss. It's transformational. Uh, it's, you know, it's a big deal. It comes with a complex set of emotions and something that is completely unique to the individual. You know. Different people respond in different ways. For many, it is being faced with the unimaginable. And that is what grief is. It's a journey. It's it's a process. And it's one of those processes that you can't cut corners. You have to go through it in order to be on that path of healing. Um, many people are familiar with the Kubler-Ross stages of grief, um, the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Uh, But what many people have understood is that it's a little bit more, um, it's supposed to be in order when it is not like that at all. You know, I I like there's a picture of, of it kind of bouncing around and saying, you know, maybe for some people they thought that it was this way, but in reality, It is jumping around. It is some days feeling that anger, some days feeling that, you know, that denial. And it's very much like that. Many people feel guilt and they project anger upon the people around them and oftentimes God. Mm -hmm. It's also there are different types of grief. Um, Acute grief is what it sounds like. It is shorter period of time, but for, for many people it does turn into a complicated grief, and that is that long continuation. Yes, grief is an ongoing process, but when it comes to that where the individual is not able to function in their life and in their relationships, that's when we see it more as a diagnosable complicated grief.
1: Of course, of course, yes, and I, I the idea that it, it's not in order, absolutely, yes. uh, we see that where it, you you'll think that a person or even yourself is on that road to recovery, uh, and then you have a, a setback, and that so that anger might return or, or something of that nature. Someone likened it to earthquakes, where you have the big trauma. Uh, you have the devastation, you, you slowly pull out of that, but then all of a sudden you have tremors and, uh, that, that cause additional pain and additional heartache, but maybe different than the original earthquake. So uh, it's a, it is very complicated, and then that goes back to why we need uh, an omniscient God to orchestrate and direct the healing process for sure. Well, I love that you use the Bible as your source, um, along with other uh, books, I'm sure, but the Bible as your source, your go-to for offering the biblical counseling that's needed. Are there particular stories or scriptures that you find yourself going to often in those counseling sessions?
0: Absolutely. There, um, Just as a starting point, there's so much comfort and there's so such a beautiful picture of emotions that come from the Psalms. There's that mm-hmm. continual reminder that we are not alone. Psalm 34, 18 says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And in Psalm 147, 3, it says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Um, and in amplified, it adds healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. I love that mm-hmm. the stories that the characters from the Bible that we can look to uh, to to see, wow, I'm not alone. These people also felt that. Those stories can come from Job. They can come from Moses. They come from Peter. Some of the female people, there Ruth and Naomi went through a tremendous amount of grief, and lost and Hagar, and Mary. Um, King David uh, in 2 Samuel 1, 17 he's expressing his sorrow as a help to grief. And in his Isaiah 3.3, 3, it describes our Savior as a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. He understands, he understands those feelings and that pain. And of course, we have a key as believers that makes all the difference from those in the world. In the midst of it all, we have hope. We have mm-hmm. hope in knowing about life after death. And that salvation that gives us that assurance and confidence in knowing God that will he will never leave us or forsake us in Deuteronomy thirty-one, six, and that his amazing love can never be earned or lost.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think about uh, how important it is for us to go back to the Word, particularly as believers, because we oftentimes uh, put guilt on ourselves when we are grieving, and we know that it's absolutely normal. It's expected. It's part of the healing process. But when we're able to go back into God's Word and see that David, a man after God's own heart, Grieved that he mourned. Uh, you mentioned Ruth and Naomi. I mean, my goodness, all of these characters uh, have been there, and they have looked to God for their healing. So they set an example for us. But I, I think, as much as anything, it's that assurance that there's not something wrong with me if I grieve. In fact, it is normal and accepted, and and that the Lord actually wanted those stories in the Bible. Uh, So I think it's so that we would be encouraged, don't you think? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, previous guests have discussed loss and grief beyond the issue of death. Uh, But our listeners can certainly relate to the loss of identity uh, when there is grief following a job loss or, or a relationship that has ended. But I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts on the impact that the COVID pandemic had on individuals. What have you seen in your practice and how are you helping people to to move forward in this new normal as it is often called?
0: Yes. So non-death related grief and loss is often not acknowledged and quite often not even um, define. people don't say, "Well, maybe that's what you're going through," and yet the impact runs very deep in the counseling room. I've seen a huge influx of both death-related and non-death-related grief through the COVID time and through the loss of celebrations, graduations, weddings, um, the joy of having a new baby, and having that support from the community. Uh, because it not only took those the idea of those special moments that people have dreamed about, but it also caused many to be completely isolated. And that was a very, very bad combination yes, because it, it did, it, it brought so much pain. And here in the counseling room, I can continue to see these effects even now, two and a half years later. And a phenomenon that I've realized even this year where there are many people that just went into the survival mode in 2020. Oh, and yeah. just now, here we are two and a half years later, are starting to recognize that loss and that grief that they experience from that time. And, and um, as they are able to recognize that, we can start processing those feelings, you know, um, I'm working with them to help them find balance in their healing process, because while it's important and very paramount to spend time unpacking the loss, unpacking the event, the -hmm. things that went on from the past, it's also important and you cannot ignore dealing with the present because there are still those level of anxieties and fears that hit them in their daily lives. But in the midst of all that, focusing on that moving forward, Mm -hmm. making new memories, making new plans, beginning to dream again, you know, um, kind of working slowly to some people are still coming out of that isolation mode in their minds. And so they need that that encouragement and help as they walk and they move forward into where we are now. So it is important to have that balance of, yes, let's spend some time on the past and the present, but let's also hold on to the hope and excitement for the future.
1: Yes. Now, do you find as part of that grief in the loss of even routines uh, that people were accustomed to, I, I remember a friend saying, well, we used to go on vacation here twice a year, but we don't do that any longer since COVID. Mm-hmm. And so do you find that there's also a need to, uh, in the grief process, to help mm-hmm. people get over their fear of something reoccurring or something happening that will put them back in that spiral? Absolutely. That you Beautifully described it.
0: Uh, many people are uh, dealing with that and those concerns, and really they get into this sad, stagnant mindset where they're not yeah. seeing that, and it's and it's a, a very sad place to be. It's a difficult place, and there's been a lot of there even amongst young people, and I've seen many um, adolescents that have had such a huge influx of anxiety even with just going to school and so um you know it has been it's it's going to continue to be a process but it's working through those fears and then helping encourage and instill hope of making those new memories and making the, the new routine and so many people uh, discovered good things out of that time. You know, the, it, it wasn't all negative. Some people were able to to uh, start studying something different, go on a different career path, maybe spend more time with their children, get to know their children. So in the midst yes. of all that darkness and grief, there were still those lights. And for us, again, oh, yes. as believers, that continual reminder that God was, is, and forever will be with us
1: man oh yes and that's a beautiful thing that we can count on well i was saddened to learn kristen that you lost three family members during that time period and uh, my heart just goes out to you i would imagine that going through your own grief uh... would have an impact uh... as you are counseling others the things that you had to go through did you find uh, certain things or certain experiences help. Uh, having gone through the grief yourself, absolutely.
0: Uh, I want to quote Queen Elizabeth II. Um, ah. She said that grief is the price we pay for love. And mm. in twenty twenty, my family experienced a lot of grief out of a lot of love. Um, we uh, we lost my father in law on Leap Day in February, oh. and then. Oh. Um, my grandmother and uncle uh, passed away uh, two days apart from each other, and that was actually wow. yesterday was the anniversary of her death, and uh, my uncle, the anniversary of his death is tomorrow. So yes, I know, and um, it's a beautiful thing to, to hold on to that, that time and those memories. Uh, actually yeah. out of all three of them, they were not... COVID-related death, even though many there was a lot of that that happened during that year. Um, yeah. But being on the front lines and working through that certainly gave me a deeper level of empathy, not only for the moments um, and counseling. We talk about holding space where sometimes uh-huh. you just need to be with people. You need to hold that space, but also for that continuation for the long, long, the long haul. You know, they talk about grief as those uh, the ebb and flow of grief. You know, right now I I have the joyful memories that come with tears. You know, yes, and other times there's there's that calm. Sometimes there's that frustration. But um, but yeah. to be going through that in that moment just really brought that empathy to a deeper level to bring comfort. Comfort is de- cool. defined as to give strength, hope and to ease the grief of. So yes, walking yes. alongside these people, going through their own types of grief through that, that timing, the pandemic, brought healing. It was a gift of healing to me in the process. And so yes, um, yes. God works it out,
1: right? He does, he does. He calls us to show the compassion that we ourselves have been shown. And yes. uh, so it sometimes requires us to walk that pain. In order to gain that compassion, no doubt about it. Amen. Well, in our in our closing time, you offer action points for helping to unpack God's grace in our grief. If you could just briefly walk us through some of those points, and uh, as we leave today, to some tools to leave with our listeners.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, I just wanted to share a couple action points. These are simple. These are, you know, this is not, um, you know, I don't believe that there's anything that's brand new or groundbreaking, but they're simple and they're important reminders. Because oftentimes when we are in the moment, when we're in that grief, some basic things are the things that we forget about, that we don't take care of. And it instead of working towards that healing, it actually makes things more difficult. So... Mm-hmm a couple reminders i wanted to share and this is for us for ourselves and then also for others but the number one thing is to realize that grief is normal and you shared that earlier carmen to remember this is expected this is healthy this takes time and to be patient with ourselves and with those those people around you know i've heard people say well i should be over it by now well Really? You know, uh, it's not that timeline that, you know, it's this amount of time. It's that complexity that comes in. It is abnormal to ignore it. It is abnormal normal and unhealthy to discount it, um, yes. you know. And it can cause so many other issues in people's lives physically and emotionally. And, in, you know, it just kind of grows into something else. Yes. Um, yes, the second yes. thing that I I feel like is so important is to lean into the pain and on the everlasting arms. Leaning mm. into the pain is, that is not our natural response. Whenever we are faced with pain, our typical response is to step away and to get away from, from the pain so you don't feel it, you know? Um, yes. But... Or to not acknowledge it, to ignore it, to hide it, but it builds and it builds. And so it is mm-hmm. so important for us during these times of grief to actually feel that, to mm-hmm. experience that. And that is truly what puts us on that pathway of healing. Some other things that are so important and yet and powerful, yet often overlooked, is to really get into scripture, not only reading it, but to memorize it. And I know, yes. you know, when you're a child, you memorize, you, you're you required to memorize so much. Oftentimes as adults, you know, that art of memorization seems to dwindle. And yet it yes. can be so powerful in terms of scripture. Because when you're feeling those challenges and difficulties, you can l- reach into that memory and you can just pull out those scriptures that the Lord will never forsake me, that he's with me, you know, and to be strong and courageous, that is uplifting. Uh, Times of worship and songs, looking at the old hymns, um, be thou my vision, you know, some gospel music, things that are are going to lift your spirits can really make a difference as you're going through that pain. Excellent. um I also say to to seek simple joys as you're going through that process, um oftentimes it feels overwhelming with the pain, and then you're blinded to the good and the mm. good that can come out of it, but even just the basics to go and and play for my case with my children, spending time with the mm-hmm. children and just and just seeing their joy um. Physical basics, sunlight, sleep, and all these things. So important to not isolate is number three. Allow others to share in the journey and acknowledge that that person was a part of your life, that that, that um, relationship was there. And then to choose the healing path and allow ourselves to dream again and accept that we're going to have ups and downs, but we must move forward in the comfort, strength, and hope that can only be found in and knowing Christ and his love.
1: Mm, wow, those are some excellent points. And uh, I just have so appreciated, Kristen, you sharing your heart and the insights that you've gained over the years and your counseling and in your life uh, with our listeners. I know they've been blessed. And uh, thank you for thank you for joining us today. And we thank you, our listeners, uh, for being with us through our series, God's Grace for Our Grief. We pray that you're finding these programs to be helpful. Perhaps you were motivated today to learn more about God and His Word that helps us in our healing process. We invite you to check out the many courses offered through our degrees program at Grace School of Theology. Or for those simply wanting to know and love our Savior more, check out Grace On Demand. It's then our Grace Center for Spiritual Development uh, application. Find information on our website at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. Or you can download the Grace app. We're so glad you've tuned in. Uh, Please be sure and tell others about saving grace. And always remember that the love of God and the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost.
0: You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.